to the city centre for the first time since 1992 Ooh. as one rider goes off into the field. A rider from Astana off into the field there. Question is, who is it? on the front. We are going to have movement on the left-hand side from EF Education first, though. And Mike Woods, the Canadian, on the left-hand side. Fulsang now follows. This is getting more and more active. Nibali on the right-hand side in the red. Fourth wheel now. Goudou on the right in the white, blue and red. The strongest to come into the full. Yeah, Formolo's there as well. So uh, Fulsang goes. And Fulsang on the left-hand side puts in a first proper dig. But look at Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe can't follow. Alaphilippe does not have it. He's drifting back now. Alaphilippe losing the wheel as well as Bardet can follow. This is not looking good for Alaphilippe. There's Adam Yates at the bottom of your picture as well. Number 37 is Dylan Turns. And this is Fulsang followed by Woods. There's uh, Davide Formolo. And then there's a gap to Nibali as well. He can't follow. And in the last week, he was third in Amstel. Second in Flesch-Wallon. He's going to be first on the road to Liege. It's been over six and a half hours of brutal, horrible racing cold, wet and miserable. It might be a new finish, it's also a new winner. They still waited to the last climb, but it doesn't matter for Jakob Fulsang. Liege, Bastogne Liege is his. It is fabulous. Jakob Fulsang who wins the 105th edition of La Doyenne. Wonderful riding from Astana. And welcome back to another edition of the Between Two Wheels podcast. I think this is episode 108. This is Tyler Yonke, and I'm joined reunion episode here. Chris Flower, how are you doing, Chris? Good. How are you? Fine. Doing uh, pretty good. Uh, re- you know, I said reunion. I had a high school reunion, and it went really well. It was fun times. And I was hoping to get Kurt in here for a true Between Two Wheels podcast reunion, but it doesn't look like that's happening. Were you? Did they do like a reunion king? By any chance, <laughs> Union King. <laughs> well, it's just it's kind of by default, I okay. guess. Uh, you know who's who's still. No, they did not. That's that's funny though. Did anybody show up like in a limo or like really trying to oversell? Like, hey, I made something of myself thirty not, years later. You know, some obviously some people had really made some things of themselves, but um, no one was, that I saw saw put on the airs like that. So. Okay. Yeah, that would be that's funny though. Well, when <laughs> Stefan was actually telling me, he's like, "Hey, you should have like rented a Tesla or something." I'm like. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. Rent an astronaut suit and just kind of right. roll around. <laughs> I did have... <laughs> whatever. It, it was fun time. Um, reunion of bikes. We're here to talk about bikes, people. So we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to do a re- uh, an, uh, recap of the Ardennes Classic. Um, a little bit of the NCNCA. Some viewer, listener, mailbag. Things that make you go, hmm. Some winners and losers. So you ready for this? I As ready as... Well, that's not true. I'm ready. Sure. You know, I feel like we should be doing the uh, Astana rap as our, our intro just because they're they're kind of the the well fugal they actually they had their team of the spring so far are they I, they were they're good at getting podiums well they won a ton though more uh, than the wolf pack well i don't know I, I i actually i could probably look that up i think the wolf pack still has more yeah but you're talking about um their and then stage races so you mix those stage races which are uh you know some of it that's that's maybe a little more rounded and, and Impressive, but I don't know if you can mention the Astana rap without getting your video taken down. Yeah, we <laughs> we did put it in there, and they they flagged it, but they said, you know, what? you can keep it in there. We're not gonna. But anything we never did talk about it. It was a um, a Fugle song was in there, and he looked like he was a fish out of water. You know, none of those guys looked like they were really no. up for that. Yeah. yeah, if you haven't heard it, check it out. It's online. It's uh, Astana Team Cycling Rap two thousand two zero one nine. That's how we do it. We we play it at home all the time. So, Ardens, did you see it? Which one? All three. No. Amstel. Yes. Flesh Wallone. Parts. Liege, Bastogne Liege. No. Sweet. So yeah. we have a lot, of, little bit of work. Let's do a recap. So let's talk. I talked about um, Amstel Gold, which I thought was a fantastic race. I, I talked about it myself, but I didn't get to talk to you on you know recording about it. What was your takeaway? And was it the greatest race that you've seen so far, like lately? Besides... Like Stradivianca last year, maybe. Or right. Maybe. No, it was it was impressive um, on on many levels. It's just it's hard to say it was Matthew Vanderpool's like coming out race because he had already arrived on the scene. But right. 
you know, you, you kind of watched him do his attack. What, 30K, 40, 50K to go? He, he threw out an attack and then... Five or six, yeah. Got brought back. And you kind of thought, oh, okay. He, he's, he showed some form. He's probably tired. This is a, a long race for him. Good try. Whatever. And then when the rest of the guys went up the road, it was pretty much assumed that, well, it's a done deal. Right. Um, Figglesong and who Alaphilippe kind of said, oh, we were getting bad info from the car um, for, for time gaps. I doubt it would have mattered because they were already kind of catting and mousing. But yeah, it was it was probably the most exciting finish I've seen to a race in a long time. And it's interesting watching it live because I'm at home, it's 7.30 in the morning and you want to like be vocal about it, but people at home are asleep and they don't give a rip. Didn't want to wake your cats? I didn't want to wake the cats, didn't want to wake my wife. And so it was just... It was an insane race. I think it sent you a text like right after, like, holy hell or whatever. And it, it was it was impressive. It was a cool race. I, I like how you self-censor yourself there. Uh, yeah, I was For watching it and it's uh, the family was up and yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was a little boisterous <laughs> and my wife just looks over kind of like, what? what's going on? But it was like a great the, day because yeah. then we had golf, I think, too. No, that was that was Perry Robay. That was a different right. race. Sorry about that. You can, might have had golf anyway. Uh, no, it was. I thought it was fantastic, and it was fun to watch, and I did make some mistakes. I had mentioned uh, the Kalberg was the final climb there, about 2, 3K in. They did not repeat that up there. That was the women. I take that back. I, it's in the viewer email. Someone uh, had brought that out. But I did the timing. It was a climb up to about a K and a half to go. Yeah. It was a not the Kahlberg type climb, but it was definitely an uphill, right. gradual and um, headwind. And that's really the, the time gaps. I was doing the timing there because everyone was making a big deal about it. No, it was legit. I mean, at but, least on TV was right. legit. Yeah, we don't know they were getting in their ear. Right. Maybe race radio was something else. But yeah. I've heard uh, directors talking about race radio and they're like, you can't really use the TV because we're, you know, delayed by the time we get it. Things have already happened. Right. Um, Whatever. When you're tightening your shoe and you're dilly dallying around, yeah, I don't know what you think. Why you're blaming your team car? Right. Did it, they didn't tell you ten minutes, right? <laughs> and they probably saw Kwiatkowski coming up, and they knew he just made a huge bridge effort to get there. He's probably not going to factor in the sprint because he's going to be blown. So okay, we still got a little it, bit of time to goof around. If it wasn't for him, it would have been worse because right. he drilled the front yeah. for them up until like two hundred meters when they finally caught him. Right. They weren't doing that. Yeah. So. I, I I I like to see some people fail. That's a horrible <laughs> thing to say, but uh, it worked out great for me that day. It did. And the thing, I, I don't know if you saw, Cycling Tips did like a breakdown of Vanderpool's final, I don't know, 30K or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, if you, if you ride with power and you understand watts and whatnot, I mean, it is just an insane effort. Just the amount of work he did to get even close to the lead to the lead out he did for himself and the power he still put down in the sprint is just outrageous. So um, how many watts, uh, what would Reichert say about that? How many watts? I don't know. All the watts. Oh, okay. There may have been some more to spare, but well, he I had most of them. Right. It was good. So we enjoyed that. We'll recap. Julian Alaphilippe um, does not No, I'm sorry. I'm already skipping him. Uh, Matthew Vanderpool. Of note, Clark. I think that's his best finish ever in a, in a in a classic race he was riding really strong and i'd mentioned that he was off with mullema and you can tell he was tearing the legs off of mullema at the time they were trading poles but you can just see and maybe that's the way mullema rides yeah but um then to get back on saying hey this is the wheel i'm going to stay on right and finishing it well so um anyway he's first um, uh clark second as you just mentioned fugel saying third and uh, what alaphilippe fourth i believe or he didn't really care at that point yeah i think he kind of sat up but i think right. he still did roll in for fourth but it, Obviously, Figglesang still had some legs because he was able to jump and respond to uh, Vanderpool coming through. He wasn't going to come around him, but he, if he had contributed a little sooner to the uh, to the effort, he may have had the legs to beat Alaphilippe and he, get the win. He may have. Now, I've mentioned this. I thought it was very good tactics for what he did of saying, Alaphilippe, you, you win it. You're, you're the guy with the obvious sprint. Yeah. I'm not going to, to come through. And now he was, I don't know if he was saying, blaming all of it on his team because they told him that. Uh, what do you think? For Fuel Song? Yeah. I mean, I was that the right move? I think so. I, you've pretty much been getting beat up by Alaphilippe all year long in these races, and you're going to take him to the line again by working with him? I wouldn't. I would just sit there and say, if you want the win, go get it. I'm going to sit here and play my cards. Right. So he got worked over in Strada Bianca. Right. Uh, then he gets uh, worked over. Well, he almost did. He could have in this race again. 
And then we come up to La Flèche-Wallonne, which has the Mur de He, which I do, what, three times in the last few circuits. So I just have some highlights here for that one. Uh, and it's a and it's a two up again for those two. We come back to you. Um, so a lot of races. Uh, the race had a lot of crashes. Uh, then they wait wait for like the last one point three where they hit the mirror. Um, Joey Roscoff and Robin Carpenter, both the Americans, were in the break about sixty k to go or earlier than that. And, and uh, for a UHC rally and CCC, and then there was a Jumbo Visma rider in there. I didn't catch his name. Uh, they lasted until the inside sixty k. Um, Philippe flats. He gets back on. Skyriders are going down in a crash. It was wet. Uh, no, it wasn't that wet. That was I'm mixing up Liege. But there was a bunch of crashes. Skyriders out. Mitch and Scott Riders out. Pulls a Vivo went down, and his glasses are all deranged, and his face was cut up. Adam Yates crashes out. Valverde is up in the front, looking good, and then they hit the mirror, and uh, Fugel Song hits the front hard. The only one that can go with him is Alaphilippe. He comes around him, crests the top, kicks. And then it looks like he deviates his line and pushes Fuglesang into the barriers. And I saw, I watched it today, and from overhead, it's not an issue at all. No, and especially at the speeds they're going at, it's, it wasn't like, I mean, they're going full gas, but at maybe 20 miles an hour because it's a, such a steep climb. Right. I was impressed, though, Fuglesang hung on as tight as he did and actually kind of made a, I mean, it was a half a bike length. Right. So, um, very good. Have you, have you done that race? Uh, no, that's my new, I haven't. that's my new question it? to you. Um, it was cool to see rally. Uh, it was their first invite to that race yeah. really make their presence known. Right. That's one thing that they seem to be really good at is when they get these opportunities, they don't just, Hey, we're here. Let's just enjoy it. They, they certainly make an effort to be active in the race and contribute. Yeah. So it was, it was good to see, um, Carpenter in the break there. Right. So, well, he and Roscoff, they were the only two, I don't know if there was any other Americans even in the race, but. At least they were they were showing them. There had to be more of rally. In there? If, if uh, rally. Who? Finney? He's still waiting for the team car. He's he's out in <laughs> he's France. Back in France Road somewhere. Oh. Um, I don't know, doing his art or something. Anyway, so that that's how it went for the men. And uh, Diego Luis Ulisi gets third for UAE Emirates. Uh, the women pretty much all just comes down to the mirror, just like the men. And Evander Bergen, the world champ, um, hits the front and it makes it look easy. Anna. McVan Vluten of Mitchell and Scott with another second and Anika Langvald uh, Bulls Doman for third. And it looks like Katie Hall. I think I saw her like 26th or so. She was a bit back. But her teammate won. It, her teammate did win. So, so I forget about that. So you have that. It seems like those two, uh, Van Vluten and Vanderbregen, are just the two big powerhouses this year. Every time there's a, a results sheet, they're, they're up there. Right, right. They're killing it. I mean, there's a lot of good. Good women. Um, Adama was up there at the front on the climb, and then it's so interesting to see how like super strong riders. I was shocked. Well, Valverde, who just disappeared off of the front to that on there. Yeah, it's been his race. He's kind of been not the rider we've known him to be. I think he said he got he got stung by a bee that he swallowed and during so the race. Was, yeah, so he's having some issues or something. So that's why he had pulled out of um, Liege Best Only Age. Because of the B, yeah, yeah, he pulls out 100k to go on there. Okay, um, but he when did he get the B? Oh, maybe I'm, different races still, then. Still okay. like about Lafle- I don't know if there's a B in uh, Liège. A lot of people pulled out of that race. We go right to there. Um, so Liège, it's more of the climber type of race. Let me give you some some little bit of change from last year. I think they went into Ons last year. It had that climb, that pitch up to the finish. It wasn't steep, but it was enough to really deaden. You know, the legs were already dead. And they didn't have it this year. They just went straight into Liège. And so the finish was a little bit different. Um, Mike Woods, he's got a one-leg uh, warmer situation. I think I saw a picture and he had one in his hand. So I think he was trying to take it off. And then, you know, um, everything's hitting the fan. And you probably just don't have time to be able to get it off. you got to pick a better time to do that. Right, right. Uh, Valverde abandons, as we said, at 100K. There are a lot of fenders out there. Were there, there really? Yes, they have those ones that just clip on the uh, seat post. Oh, okay. A lot of fenders. And I'm like, is this a new timing thing? No, it's fenders. Um, 75K to go. There was, I don't know, the Peloton was down to maybe 25 people. There's a few breaks. Uh, 17. Uh, there was, <laughs> they take this left-hand corner. Astana team's all in the front. And one of the riders just goes straight right off that. the road. It was kind of interesting. Um, it was humorous. And his teammate kind of looks over like, like what? what? Where, where did he just... What go? happened? Yeah. I, I never got an update as to you. Anyway, 15 to go. They're on the Cote de la Roche on Falcons. And this is the one last year where they really hit that, come over the top with jungles, and he takes a dig, 
and Woods looks around and just lets him go, mm-hmm. and that's the race. No one else could close him out. Well, this time Woods, knowing that route, route at least, he's the one that attacks. Fuglesen goes with him. They take uh, Dav- Davide Formolo, and the race is over. At some point, they get rid of Woods. Formolo can't hold on as well. Woods gets ground up by the um, peloton, the rem- remnants. Formolo stays out, but Fuglesen with the win. Very impressive. Yeah, well-deserved given his uh, slew of second places throughout the classic season. Right. Now, did you see the the little clip of Fuglesong almost sliding out, not yes. quite going high side and yeah. keeping it up? And then going faster after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a project. Yeah, it just it was Well, I just mean like he after he had his rear wheel slide out, it's just like he kind of had a second of like, that was weird. And then just like doubled down on his effort and just kept hammering. Right. I mean, that was... That was insane. Right, because it was a little fishtaily. And, you know, maybe it saved him that it was a little bit wet because it, you, you, how far he slides, you yeah. can high side that pretty easy and just flip over. And he, right. he kept it upright. You know, have you had in a race or a ride where you've had one of those where you've kept it upright on a kind of a sketchy situation? And yes. And then like thereafter, you're kind of after you clean your pants out, you're you're just kind of like, I'm I'm done. I, I have like a. Uh, Lodi crit a few years ago, clipped a pedal really hard going through one of the corners and like somehow I, I must have flown laterally like three or four feet and <laughs> landed, just kept going like nothing had happened, but my heart was racing. It was like, holy crap, I, I almost just ate it bad, but not at the speed he was going. I had one. I don't know if you were there with us. We were coming to Deer Valley yep. and I was kind of standing up and I caught my brake and because there was a car coming up. And I did like a nose wheelie right. for a little while, doing like 35 or so. It's down a steep hill. Right. And <laughs> I mean, that one that one scared me to death. And then, you know, I think I just creeped home afterwards. But anyway, we get lucky. And he definitely did because that would have been that would have been Formula's biggest win had, yeah. had not been there for that. Well, he had a big enough gap where he may have been able to get back on and keep going. Who knows? I, true. He did come in with 27 seconds over Formula, 57 over the field, which is impressive. Uh, Max Shackman gets third. Yates, fourth. Woods, fifth. David Godot, sixth, uh, Mikhail Landa, seventh, Vincenzo Nimbley, eighth, Dylan Toons, ninth, and Watt Poles, tenth. So you got a smattering there of like world tour type of yeah. uh, grand tour guys. Right. So then my question is, uh, Giro contenders in the mix. Um, did you think that they, you know, from what I'm going there, I mean, is this thin results for those wanting to do the Giro or about right? Because you don't want to peak coming into the Giro. I'd say it's about right um, because, again, this is this is a one-day race. It's kind of punchy there at the end. So if you think about the Giro being more of just like a longer slog, the guys are obviously on form. Right. Um, and they probably got the legs to do it again another day. Do you and the know? Day after and the day now after. I haven't done the investigation to see all these guys that are going. Um, do you know if like Woods, uh, Nibbly... Wow, polls. Who's all doing the tour? Uh, the Giro. Adam, uh, I think Adam Yates is. I have not looked at these guys. I know that Sepp Cuss is I saw that today in in place of Robert Hissink. Um, that doesn't help you with this list. No, well, it, <laughs> it does a little bit. Okay, women very much um, similar. Annemiek van Vluten uh, ends up getting the win, so kind of redemption from the day uh, the few days previously. Florte Magic, uh, Team Sunweb, and Demi Vollering. Uh, the Park Hell, Tell, Valkenberg, one, two, and three. But there was a minute 30 and a minute 43 she put on everyone. Uh, so it was uh, Niwa Doma and the Smattering and others in the top 10 there. How deep do these podiums go? This is a big race. Uh, they well, I think like, they're just doing three deep. Okay. Why? I'm just curious. I don't know. Maybe they do the eight, <laughs> eight, nine. Go five deep? I don't know. Right. You know, we and we can talk about that when we get up here to the NCNCA of some of these. Uh, just have the whole field in the on right. the podium. It, it seems like three is good. You know, Let, right. let's stop there. Any any um, so classics are over. It already ends. I really enjoyed it. What did you think about these? Now you said you didn't see all the races, but I know you've caught been keep, keeping up on it. Um, any takeaways from this? Uh, Fugel saying going three, two, one. Right. Was he the better or Alaphilippe? I mean, Alaphilippe's not really. In, was there for uh, Bastone? He got dumped on on the fifteen. He did, but Woods took off. That's a tough one. I, winning's always better than doing well. Uh, not to say that third and second aren't great, but yeah, it seems like Alaphilippe. I mean, he won I more races and and was there when it mattered. I think more frequently than than Fugel Singh. They both had really good seasons, though. 
but of those three races, you kind of see, I mean, I, I would expect um, exactly how it played out. I, I wouldn't expect um, either one of those, well, saying to do, I could say, oh, uh, Liege, yeah, totally, yeah. Ex- you know, uh, predict him to win that, yeah. Not necessarily the other two. So right. impressed that he was, that's how strong I think he is right now. Did he do Milan San Remo? Uh, well, I don't know if he okay. was, I don't remember him being in the mix necessarily. Yeah. Um, obviously, Alaphilippe. So it may have been that Alaphilippe was, was peaking sooner versus um, Fugel saying a little bit later by a couple weeks, wherein Alaphilippe was just dead for Liege, best on Liege, and, and Fugel saying was kind of reaching his peak. Bee I don't stings. Know. It's a bee sting. He swallowed a bee. It could be. Um, you kind of feel a little bad for like Wout Van Aert because if you look at his season in isolation, it was pretty good. I mean, he was he was active in a lot of the the races. Um, was he in the age? He wasn't. Okay. I, I'm thinking. I'm looking all the way back even to like okay. the cobbled events. Yeah, you're going the whole spring. Um, but then you've got your like counterpart in Matthew Vanderpool who kind of followed you over from cyclocross, just dominating. Right. So it's like you know, in in, in isolation, Van Aert's season is really good, but then you got to contrast it with Vanderpool's season, who was just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know. I don't know. I think to some extent, some of the, one of the, the, the shine from one kind of still reflects onto the other. Yeah. Um, cause they're just new, but yet they're similar in kind of what they're doing. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And matter of fact, up until this year, I mean, uh, Wout was the, the one taking us by storm. I remember last year where Strada Bianca were just like, wow, it's amazing back yeah. in it this year. And then Vanderpool, you know, cleans out a few races in right. a dramatic fashion, yeah. which is very impressive. You know, when uh, Mike Sayers was in here, he was just floored about uh, which race was that, that uh, Vanderpool had chased and chased and then not quite caught caught them at the finish and um, was saying basically, which, yeah. Was it Flanders? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. had crashed out there right. and destroyed his bike and everybody said, he, oh, he's done. Right. And then comes But back. good try. And then he comes right back and top five or something. Yeah. Oh, he finished in the chase group. Right. A oh. uh, little projection of things to come. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go right to the NCNCA. We have, there's, I don't know, there's some road races that we've done here. I don't know if you've been able to check results on any of these bits and pieces. Um, do you want to go over some of these real quick and then we can, uh, we can talk about them. How about the copper Opolis? I'll let you start because my race. link's not opening here. Uh, mine is not either. So copper Opolis, what do you know about that race? First of all, and then have you done it? I have not done it because, um, I hear it's really hard and I hear there's a lot of climbing and I hear the roads used to be really rough. I was going to do it this year, but I had something else come up. Um, but no, I have not done it. Okay. So P one, two race, uh, Camilo Castablangro. I don't know if that's supposed to be a C there, but, uh, team illuminate, they go one, two with he and cam Piper. Uh, so, you know, there's a good, I mean, there's only like 16 that finished here. Chris Colbel of the Olympic club in third place, uh, Cooper Shanks to see him. I just was looking, he did, um, he's in, uh, Gila right now with Mike's bikes. Right. So Isaiah Oliver of SP2 life, still looking for that SP2 life, uh, win. So what I can they tell you about the, uh, we'll get to them, the, the riders that went one, two. So. I think they do five laps of the course, 20-ish miles per lap. These guys snuck out a lap. Um, <laughs> slept the lap out. Now, they uh, looking at Strava, they, at least Cam Piper, I'm assuming he rode with his teammate Camillo, um, attacked hard on the last lap and destroyed the KOM for the, the last lap climb, which is like a 15-ish minute effort, and then just went on to, to basically win 1-2 with, with a big gap between themselves and, and Koble. So... Obviously, I- incredible fitness to be able to crush that last climb that hard when, when they're 80 miles into an already hard road race. Right. So impressive stuff. All right. We'll just run through a few of these other ones. Dan Bryant wins the Masters 35. Uh, Pete's Coffee over uh, Josh DePeace, a touchstone, and Jeremy Cattell of touchstone as well. One, two. And Eric Nelson was four, uh, fourth in that for Sierra. Scott Cox, fifth for Cognition. So good to see Josh coming out. Um, very good climber, former national champion. And haven't seen him out for a little bit. The 45s, Nick Theobald, Pete's with Ronnie Leavitt in second, his teammate, and Lucas Paz of Kai Velo in third. Um, how about the women? Pro 1 2 cat women, three women showed up there. Two placed. Eleanor Weissman gets first of the She Spoke and Jennifer Hartwig in second. Uh, any of these other categories you want to? Jump in. Of note, in the 45-1-2-3, Jay Newton, fifth place, Pete's. 
local good guy. The local well, local, local local guy. Local guy. No, he's a good guy. Uh, let's do a few of these because maybe some of these, some of these guys will be upgrading pretty soon here. Cat three, Spencer Ingles, Dolce Vita, Yuri Morozov, Squadra, and Aaron Casados of Form and Data. Um, all right, that's uh, you know. You, have you done Copropolis? I have not. It's supposed to be like one of those must-do races at some point in your racing career. Okay. Um, just haven't quite made it out. Maybe I'm, next year. I'm past the must-do races already. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then we go to Ward's Ferry, which is on the 27th, and somewhat similar. Uh, look, Chris Coble ends up winning that. There's a decent you know, 15, 20 people in that field as well. His team did well that day. Yeah, Will Rifelmacher, uh, Olympic Club, does <laughs> second, and Chris Baird goes third. So they go one, two, three. Chaz Sherman of the SP2 Life gets uh, fourth, and then the in the Olympic sandwich, Max Motschwiller gets fifth. So they took, geez. Only missing a spot there. Uh, and they had another one down here in the 10th as well. Right. It's pretty good for the P12s. Uh, it looks like the fields were combined or shortened or not, people not showing up. Uh, are you on this one? Eric Nelson wins the 35s. Jimmy Miller and Scott Cox go two and three. On yeah, there. Jimmy Miller's with Cognition. So he's he and Scott Cox did well there. And right. Jeremy Barnes in fourth is also with Sierra Nevada. So it's a. Sierra Nevada cognition sandwich on that. Right. Now I see at the bottom there, Mark Tucker, who I know we've, he's upgraded uh, a DNP. So maybe he had a mechanical out there or something because he's strong and he's the one that destroyed a Bariani. Yes. So what was that? Uh, did they have the women's race? They do. Uh, looks like Kathleen Giles from Snur Racing with the win. Megan Brinkmeyer from Clean Power came in second. And Elizabeth Benition from Splunk Race Team in third. Small field there as well. Right. And then the the 45s, Nick Theobald wins again. Ooh. Scott Giles, Schner Racing in second. And Jason Boynton at Pete's Coffee in third. Um, nice. Then uh, not a big field, nine people. That's so. the biggest field in the day, though. Is it? Yeah. So no, it's th- not. I love it. <laughs> let's just go to, um, I don't know. Have you, have you done Regalado, Ward's Ferry, any of these? No. All right. So I don't know too much, but we're just going to. This is. So. I don't know if you've watched online SP2 Life. Tyler Pierce, vegan cyclist, has had some. I've seen him. Yes. Episodes about his team and their budget and not winning and stress. You know, he could put those to rest after the Regalado. They they come to life. They win two categories. They uh, win in the 35s. They get uh, Greg White of the SP2 Life uh, wins that over national road champion Brian Zimney Ooh, of Pete's. Okay. Ryan O'Dell of Sierra, and then they get fourth place too with Russell White at SP2 Life. But the big haul of the day, the P12s, Isaiah Oliver with the win. Look at this top four here Isaiah Oliver, SP2 Life, Matt Tufts, SP2 Life, Timmy Bauer, SP2 Life, Josh Carling, SP2 Life. That is just. That's, a, that's impressive. That's impressive. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Christopher nice. Beale, the only non SP2 life uh, rider in fifth, and that's the field. <laughs> he's a. He's <laughs> I'm a sorry to writer. mock it a little bit, which I, I, if you don't get me, I am mocking it a little bit. But um, good for Isaiah. Well, first of all, we ride with him. He's. Re- I like all those guys. They do good, but um, they finally get their win. And uh, I saw the. <laughs> I had to look into this because you sent me the finish line photo. Yeah. And when the whole team is in the background posting up, you know something's odd. So. Right. You can only race who shows up. You can, I, exactly. And, you know, it's so good for them. But maybe that will get their owner off their back a little bit because um, they got their money's worth. Is there a good podium photo at least? That I would want to see. Okay. I think the podium photo was just what you sent me. Okay. Uh, no, good job for them. Good, All of them. I mean, you know, that's what it is. So I didn't go race it. So maybe I, I could have got a top six. <laughs> that's true. You In a P12 race. You have, to, you have to finish though. Yeah. Well, a, and you probably get on the podium. They'll They'll kick that out six wide. <laughs> they put that out six wide. You know, I think I sent you a video. Someone on my uh, friend I went to high school with kid is in some event and they're, they put their podium and it's literally, I think it's like 13 people on, you know, it's eight on both sides of the first place. So, uh, that seems a little outlandish, but, um, Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Did you cover the 45s? That looked like a good field. Oh, I'm sorry. Believe it or why not. Don't you, why don't you re- recall that? I, I got a little sidetracked 30 plus there. So winner oh. was, um, Jonathan Baker touchstone. Of course. Um, Mike Sayers, also He's with um, 
He's not, is he with Touchstone? Well, what does it say in there? I mean, he was wearing dye stuff, so I think is that it's still it's no no team there, but I think he's Touchstone, and then uh, Lucas Paz with Kaivelo third. So not an NCNCA event, but the day before, Jonathan Baker did the um, <clears throat> so Jonathan the or Chris Baker won. Jonathan, okay. Uh, he did the grasshopper, the Skaggs super climber I, I think, thing. I think Sayers did as well. Did he? Okay. Well, Jonathan Baker got fourth in the pro race there oh, and then turned it around for a win in the 45s at Regalado. So he's he's carrying some good fitness. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, and good for Mike. You know, Mike came out, uh, you know, he was in here, talked about his back, and then he comes out and does a, coffee, uh, not a, a Wednesday night ride and was immediately, you know, got to love this about, you know, some people were trying to get back into fitness. And what does he do? He goes and he gets in the break. He ends up going up there strong up the road. I think he came out of it, but he came out of it. But he was working in the break the whole time with right. us. Right, and, and it's he, like, yeah, it's, he knows what to do to get back in shape. Because yeah. some guys, you know, they just go and they like, hang out like me. <laughs> I try to nurse my way along as far as possible. You got to be able to get in the break, right? Right. Well, I, you can get in it early. Okay. Speaking of um, nursing your way along, we have the Golden State Race Series coming up this weekend uh, out here in Rancho Cordova. Uh, put on by real strata we had last year in here derek novice talking about it and we will be out there we're going to do some racing it's always you were talking about you saw registration what we were talking about last year when he was in here trying to get i think we're like five five hundred so i've got the updated number now it's darn impressive they're at 740 pre-reg what are they offering out there that we don't know about uh high fives and candy bars i don't know i I think it's just a cool event and greg price will watch wash your bike will he I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna bring. Can I bring two bikes? <laughs> he doesn't know about this deal. I'm just throwing that's that out right. there. Okay, so that's that's really good for the reg. So the, what's interesting? It's a it's a decent. I like the area. It's plenty of parking. They always have a lot of porta potties. They do. You got to like that. Yeah. Some eating right nearby. Um, there's grassy work area. Uh, like you work down there, but you know grass and trees to you know keep some of the sun off you for industrial park. Uh, good it's a business sur- park. Business park. It's a good road surface. Uh, they use it both days extended out the second day uh for a circuit race uh so come on down check it out i think there's is there any the registration just closed uh registration it's closed, closed 51 minutes ago all right well I, I just regged about an hour and a half ago there's there's always day up but I, it's it's cool to see i mean we just talked about regalado field sizes and we were you know you count the number of people in a race on one hand all these have 20 30 40 50 people in the fields pre-regged at this point so that's that's awesome I mean, right. we haven't seen that in a while, so it's it's good to see people coming out for that event, and it's it, it's helpful that it's put on by some good local guys. Have you uh, seen the NCNCA um, a bar bat? I have updated yet. Yeah, you want to give us any of that? Uh, I only know a very limited amount, and that is we are tied as a team with. I want to say it was cognition, but John still has a, a narrow lead himself. So, okay. So for the, the writer, he's, yeah. Um, so I've got this here. It looks like, so this is thirsty bear. What is this? So you're like? looking at the overall bat as opposed to bat by category. Okay. So I want to look uh, bat by category. Yeah. See if we get a little bit of a info on here. So P one twos, uh, Tarun elite 341 points, SP two life. 327. So, you know, let's go back to an Olympic club at uh, 257. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that. I mean, SP2 Life for um, Tyler complaining about them not winning. Yeah, the top step step is obviously important. And now they've got up to Schneid there. But, I mean, you're you're doing well for a team. You're getting results. Yeah, they're in the races. So, um, you know, uh, the threes, the TMB, develop, Team Mike's Bike Development Teams leading that with Dolce Vita in second. Uh, the fours, Penvelo, Masters 35, Cognition and Data, 250 each. So with Touchstone, scraping around, all right, 245. So that's going to be close. Um, maybe we can uh, help it out this weekend. A lot of races this weekend. Right. 45, Thirsty Bear is over R4R, and R4R needs to make a move because they're the defending champs on that. Hmm. Uh, okay. Let's go through some viewer comments and see what you have to say about these. Oh. So I had, I had made, I did a video called everyone is a champion, uh, okay. podcast. And I was talking about team racing and some of the negative aspects of what I was talking about with people disagreeing or, or liking, um, some of the race strategies. And we were talking about Tyler Pierce's one with, uh, the Hamilton guy or that, that crit that there was some conflict. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I just mentioned some, anyway, this is what Jason, Jason Griffith chimes in. I sort of agree on your thoughts of negative racing. So I was talking about guys going to the front and actively blocking. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Not a big fan of that. It makes a lot of sense when people pay you to race bikes for amateurs. It's bad form. There are plenty of ways to win. And in my opinion, there's no reason to poop in the pool with <laughs> negative racing. Uh, a lot of people race negatively when it's not benefiting them. Some people only know how to race like that, and it creates a negative image for them in the small community. Do you have any comments on the negative racing or his his comments there? I agree with with I guess both he and you on on the notion of blocking, like literally going up and sitting on the front and just clogging things up. I've never been a big fan of that. I think it's fine to sit, you know, fourth or fifth wheel and and staying out of the rotation. I think that's fine and just being in a position where you can respond to an attack, but but actively blocking and, and sitting in front of people, eh, that, I agree that's that's not the best approach. Um, if people want to chase, let them chase. If you want to follow the move, you can follow the move, but don't don't actively try to to block. Right, and 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 you say that, and then people what? Because you can do that, and I for me it's it's a kind of a twofold on the blocking is there's some times where people aren't kind of getting together. And it's perfectly fine for you to go and kind of, you know, not necessarily kind of block, but once false they, tempo, right? False tempo. Uh, and that's fine. And, but once the pace, the guys are willing to start working. I mean, this is what happened to me at the um, master's districts last year. There's like four of three or four of us that were just like on the front going the whole time. And these guys would dive in on the corners and kind of ride you off their, their, the line, you know, this it's, it's and I'm just like, why are you here? You're right. actually making it dangerous. And just, we want to ride. Let us ride. And, I agree. And that was kind of the problem. And it was just a little weird. Yeah, um, there's nobody that's actively working and you go to the front and set kind of a, a pace that nobody's willing to come around. Okay. But if there's a, a pace line going and you get in and get to the front and just don't pull through and you just sit there, then that's less okay. And I think I found it uh, with, so the lower categories, you want to do something to help your team. You're not sure exactly what that is. You may not be strong enough to chase down breaks. So you're going to block and that could, then you feel like you're a part of the team and you're doing the work that you should be, you know, right. helping your guy and totally understand. Uh, but the, the higher up you get, the less you're going to get uh, appreciated in the field for that kind of stuff. Right. So just a word to the wise up there. Okay. Uh, do another one here. Golden state race series coming up. This is from, um, Chris, I think his name, uh, what's his last name? Halius. Hey, thank you. I always get, forget that. Uh, Golden State Racer is kind of, you guys going to do a live podcast at the race? I think Kurt's coming down to do a live <laughs> podcast. He's uh, going to do play-by-play start to finish all races. We, we might do, you know, I always have grand plans to come out and do that. And then, so maybe I will. Maybe I'll set up shop, come find us, and we'll, we'll talk to you. Um, I don't feel like walking around trying to find people to talk to. But they if you can come find, find you. If you find me, we'll pull up the recorder. Uh, Amstel Gold, I had did it. We did a thing there. Um, this guy goes, mate. I don't know if he's uh, Aussie. You got it all wrong here. No Cowberg in the last time up the race. It was a flat run into the finish. I mentioned that I was wrong, but it wasn't completely flat either. It was that climb going up there. So yeah, I appreciate you guys commenting and correcting that. Um, cherry pie. Congrats, Tyler. How was the pie? It was a little late. Uh, not time. Have you eaten it yet? <laughs> <laughs> if I had had it now, it was about like when I, you know, I, I didn't want to say, uh, you know, it wasn't good, but I had to try it a week after. And so what are you going to do? Okay. <clears throat> uh, someone else commented about our theme music. Uh, what song band do you use for your theme music? It gets me fired up. It's called pipe choir. And the song is called monoshine. Uh, it's just some, Fair use music I found, so whatever. There you go. Um, someone mentioned here about uh, MV uh, Vanderpool, and they're just kind of mentioning his um, his stats and some other things. I think his only sin is a plate of fries after a race. Previous cyclocross king Sven Nye's never drunken one beer during his long bike career. Never. Wow. Okay. I don't. I don't know how do you determine that, but maybe maybe he's like. And he did cyclocross? Yeah, that doesn't seem... I think that's illegal. Right. I thought it's a mandatory thing. Well, that's uh, Ted Nugent says he never had you know alcohol or drugs, but he's just, because I'm high on life. Right. Whatever. I don't know how he talks. Okay. Um, that's all I have for the, the viewer email. So guys, send some more stuff in. Ladies, too. Because uh, actually, the cherry pie one was from a, a, a female. She was inquiring. I didn't know we had any of those listening, but thank you very much, except for my kids. My kids don't listen. Do your kids listen? Your cats. Not sure yet. I'll okay, one day we'll <laughs> you'll find, find out. out. Okay, uh, things that make you go hmm. You got anything for that? 
You sort of. First one there. Eh, I'll say that for Kurt. He seems to be really. Um, we, we'll we'll to talk emotion. about it though. Will we? Yeah. Okay. When? Whenever you want. Okay. When Kurt's back. Um, I don't know if it's so much a hmm thing, but one of the things we did this weekend was did a century ride, uh, the Chico Wildflower Century, and it's just almost all the riding I do is race rides because it's the only thing that really gets me motivated to get out and ride Um, it's not often I go out and train by myself or anything so it's interesting going from races and race ride kind of environment to a casual ride and just seeing the different types of riders that are out there and kind of people's different approaches to their riding style Um, you know it's some guys were out there doing a 40 mile ride but they had enough equipment on them whether it's a backpack and 16 different packs on their bike to maybe ride across the country and other folks would stop at the rest stops and just eat like it was Thanksgiving. And it was just, it was interesting. It was a really well organized and fun event and had a blast, but it was interesting just seeing the different types of riders out there. And one of the types that was really prevalent was the no look swerve (laughs) at any speed, but they had a a mirror on. They can see if they're mirror or not. It's just like, there's a view. I'm going to go look and I'm going to swerve in front of John descending at 60 miles an hour. I mean, it was uh, it was interesting just having those different types of riders all smushed together in one event. So um, my ex-wife was out there and she was telling me that um, and I was wondering about your fueling because she's like, oh, and she feels fine. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know. Uh, but she was saying that, she, oh, I missed one of these feeds and then a sandwich and I finally got it later. So I was like, yeah, don't you just take your own food with you? I guess, you know, no. when they're providing the sandwiches and there was like, you know, there were food stops like every 15 miles it was like guys we can we can stop hitting these now because we gaining weight yeah we're gonna come out of this net positive on calories how, how, did you enjoy it did you enjoy that atmosphere of a little limit low lower key it was it was nice like i said we we hit one of the climbs pretty hard um the honey run climb and then after that we just kind of cruised so it was, it was fun just to kind of have the roads the roads were open but there were enough bikes on the roads that there weren't really any cars around us okay. so you just kind of had free reign and did your thing and it was fun. Ah, good. Uh, I have a few here. I saw that. And, well, I just was throwing them out, and if you took one, then it was whatever. I took your um, last one. So. Aging at uh, Gila. I, I saw Gila started, and we talked about this lady last year, uh, Edwig Patel. 51 years old. She gets second place on stage one. But in the men's, what made me even think about it was Oscar Sevilla, 42 years old, hmm. has been from Spain, nailed with doping back in Lance Day. He's 42. He gets second as well. So um, I don't. See, I'm skeptical because he's been known and then he's kind of hiding out and he races for Medellin or something Medi- like that. Uh, Medellin. It's like a, it's a city in right. Colombia. Don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know. Um, the junior lying down across the finish line. I know that was the one that Kurt was. Ooh. I don't know if he was all up in arms about it, but I think he was in favor of it. That's so, someone I saw and maybe it was Chris Helios uh, at, on Facebook had put a picture of Matthew Vanderpool. Maybe it was John Simmons. I saw someone. Uh, put in a picture of Matthew Vanderpool laying on the ground, of course, over the finish line, saying, hey, what's the difference? And um, Vanderpool was like in pure exhaustion. I know. But I that's think kind he of just kind thing. of fell off his bike. It could be. Do you have a problem with the, the junior doing that? <sighs> I wasn't in the race, so it's hard for me to judge. Um, it may have been that the other kids didn't care. I don't know. It, I think it's more. I think I'd on- care if I was in the race and he was yeah. doing that. It'd be a little bit of a show. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to say. I mean, we catch a, a 10 second clip and it's hard to put it all into context. Uh, you, you don't want to deter anybody from getting into cycling by saying, you know, it's a stuffy old sport and there's some unwritten rules and thou shalt not celebrate. But then at the same time, we celebrate Peter Sagan doing wheelies and right. weird hula dances right. as he comes across the line. So it's like, do you expect the kid not to try and one up it because that's kind of what kids do? They they push the limits. And I know we've seen the NFL and the, the you know the dance and the, right. the celebrations which they've outlawed. So maybe you maybe cycling go like look. At what point are you going to think is a guy that getting the wrong times and he thinks he has a few minutes so it is just twenty seconds and he lays right. down and gets run over or loses. So that's yeah. his old deal if he loses, but cause a wreck. So maybe the maybe the organizers say hey, you have to cross your bike or this UCI you have to cross the the road on your bike. If you don't, it better be a mechanical. Right. Well, not only that, the but line. maybe start your celebration after the line. I don't know. Uh, and then personally, I don't really care. Um, yeah. I, it's funny to see people get so worked up about it when they're not in the race. And uh, my thing is, 
it's going to come back to him in the field. If those are guys and they're pissed off about him showing him up like that, like, yeah. oh, look how I killed this so bad I could lay at the line and sleep, um, then it'll come back to him. And it's maybe he's a phenomenal cyclist. I don't know. But at this point, I assume most people will know his name for being the kid who laid down in front right, of the, right. the race line more so than the kid who beat everybody by two minutes. Right. And then yeah. that's too bad. Right. And, and, you know, I think it was Remco. Uh, is that his name? Yeah. He had, Evan Paul. Yeah. Evan Paul. He had lifted his bike up and crossed the line in some race. Uh, but he walked across it, you know, kind of like Gilbert, Gilbert had done. And, and it was more like celebratory. It was like, right. I'm so excited and right. laying down. Is it mocking? It or, is. You it's kind of like, uh, this takes us back years when I'm trying to remember. Um, what's his name? He was with the Niners at the time. He went on to the, you know, the, the center star at the Dallas Cowboys and, and spiked oh, the ball or spun. Terrell the, Owens. Yeah, Terrell Owens. Yeah. And, you know, those are mocking ones. And, there's, and, and honestly, like you said, if, I don't know. Maybe it brings people into a sport. Maybe we need a little bit. Maybe we need a little bit more like the uh, hooligans at the soccer. You know, the stands <laughs> fans need to get get involved a little bit. I don't know. Uh, Sky becomes team Ineos. Uh, any takes on what you've heard about that? Besides, I don't know if you want to go down the protest route for them, but um, did you see the kit? I did, and uh, I'm not a fan of it. I, I the weird red to black or what is it maroon? Yeah. Maroon to black fade. I don't know. It's just kind of bland. Doesn't really do anything. Because the original me. sky was hopping. Right? But at least there was like some contrast in color. These yeah. just seem like uh, the the whole color fade thing seems to be really big right now too. Right. Like them and movie star and a few others. And so now thinking back, uh, now I I didn't like uh, Team EF Education first, but I'm almost. I told you actually at the time with their shorts, I actually liked the contrast there. Yeah. Um, and I'm liking their their kits more and more this year for some reason. And I hate pink, uh, even though my shirt appears to be salmon or pink. I it's go salmon. Honor, that's yeah. in honor of the Giro. Okay. Uh, but what do you think of like a little bit, you know, because you say everyone starts to go that route and now maybe you need a little bit better. I will say at the very least their color scheme is, you know, it's it's not such a bold bright red where it would get blended in with like the Sunwebs or maybe even like CCC. It's, it's a dark enough red where they're kind of uniquely distinct. Um, so seeing them in a field should be relatively easier yeah. than it was in the past, but eh, it's just, and you can did, only go so creative with kits these days. Right. So. And, and have they debuted it then? Is that uh tour of Yorkshire? Are they doing that in the new kits now? Yeah. Cause they had some like interim kit for Roman D, okay. which was just basically, I think a dark blue top and, and black bib. So I think Yorkshire is one day into it, one stage in and they broke those kits out for that race. Gotcha. Now, um, we're not going to go over all there's Yorkshire, there's two of the Alps. seems like there was another one going on. We're not going to go into those right now. There's just a bunch of races. We're just hitting some of these exciting ones. Uh, do you have any winners and losers kind of for the, either for the week, uh, for the, uh, early season, but do you have any of those? So you want me to go first? Uh, I am looking at your, uh, your list, so I don't replicate anything. Uh, so. You could go ahead. You can pick my number one. I can go somewhere else there. You only have one. I had Jacob Fugel song. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's mine. Unless okay. you want to steal him. No, no, no. At, I, I was going to go with the obvious one with Vanderpool. Um, geez, what a what an early season. What does he do now? I mean, he he was contracted with his team. He's racing the classics. Does he shut it down and get into cross and mountain bike mode? Does he do more races? I don't really know what his his season has. Yeah, you know, I didn't look at that and I asked Mike that when he was in here because you know their season. I mean, he with cross i mean that's maybe that's such a benefit for them coming into to uh the spring classes it's kind of like their midsummer uh grand tour like tour de france fitness or something so i i don't know i don't know what he does what his plans are if he's gonna have to you know maybe he just works on a contract yeah i'm not sure <laughs> uh any losers um i'll let you take your winners I well i just did my winner jacob fugel song I, i've just been impressed with him yeah I will be very interested to see because he's focused on the tour before, and I know he had um, Fabio. Uh, what's his name? His teammate there, Italian. Then he went over to that Fabio Aru. Oh, right, right. Yeah, but then yeah. he's over with UAE now, so it'll be interesting to see if he's kind of the guy. Uh, I don't know who else they're at. Uh, well, Astana always has someone, but um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to to seeing how he can cut a, a full Grand Tour this year. So, but he obviously did well early season 
losers. I've got, I'll mention here, Katusha and Dimension Data. I just was going through some of their stats. Katusha has one win for the season. Harks back to February in the Trofeo Palma, which was uh, Kittle. That's I've got a loser now. Okay. And then the other one is Dimension Data. They have two wins, they say. One was a tour of Oman, and the other one was the African Continental Championships. So really, they have like one win as well, and both of those some not good campaign. Yeah, uh, to kind of piggyback on top of that, Kittle was supposed to regain form and come back and hit Yorkshire hard, and that was going to be his his prep race, and pulled out of it, didn't race. Oh, really? Citing a lack of form and fitness. Um. I mean, if you're Katusha, what do, what do you do? Do you say, dude, get it together, or you're not racing the tour? I just had seen, it was, a, it was a headline. I didn't look much more at it, but it was about the team saying, uh, we're basically trying to babysit him because yeah. he's not training, and we're trying to, like, you know, like, people don't come to my work <laughs> babysit me. <laughs> maybe they clients, should. Clients just fire you, and you don't get at work anymore. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe that's coming up in the near future. Yeah. Kind of too bad. I mean, he's taking the world by storm a few years ago he was then he then he got sick and kind of had the same experience when he was with um giant alpacine and they said dude you don't have your act together we're not taking you to the tour and he kind of stomped his feet and left the team went over to at the time it was quick step right and had a storm back season won a ton of races and then apparently wasn't happy with the fact that um uh, Gaviria was an up and coming racer and potentially stealing his, his right. limelight. So he went over to Katusha and just kind of stunk it up. I mean, he was phenomenal talent, but it just seems like maybe his head's not on right. I don't know. I I don't know. Could be. Um, so that's your loser. Yeah. Get it together, man. You okay. got talent galore. Uh, you know, another one, um, not necessarily a loser here, but, uh, kind of seeing him falling apart is Valverde. He finally finishes outside the top 50, uh, pulls out of Liege, hasn't had a win this season. Uh, he may have had a win this season. I, in, I thought he won something. Right, and I was looking at his stats, but there's, there's not. I don't know. There, it's it's not what you expect out of him. Come, it's not what or Sagan. I mean, it's Ooh, interesting. Yeah, Sagan's yeah, terrible. He was, he was sitting up in Liège, so I don't know. Is um, Valverde going to do Giro? I don't know, okay. but I wouldn't necessarily. He doesn't look like he's ready for the Giro, mm. and typically he comes into the tour. I, you know, that's we'll talk about the Giro coming up here. I mean, it's first part of May, which so, starts here in a few weeks. With that in mind, with May, uh, Amgen's right around the corner. Yeah. And one of the things I don't think we chatted about was um, new for this year, the tour or the Amgen, whatever you want to call it, has a, a U.S. national team. Right. And they announced their final team picks for this year's event uh, earlier this week. Um, for oh, some reason, did, the final ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they got the you finals. You have a list out. of those? I do. So, and by the way, the Mike Sayers had mentioned that in here, he's going to be the DS for them. Right. And then I think, um, Avolo's team Creed, I think he's also leading some role there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little mishmash of, yeah. So surprisingly, a lot of Avolo guys made the cut. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Alex <laughs> Ween, uh, Avolo, he's, he's in there. Keegan Swerble, who's having a phenomenal season so far. Is he with the wildlife team? He's with Floyd's. Floyd's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michael Hernandez, also with Avalo. He's kind of a, a long-range sprinter. I remember he was out at right. um, Chico Stage Race a few years ago yeah, yeah. when when he was doing really well. Uh, Miguel Byron, or Miguel Bryan from Arapaho and Cappy. Uh, Sam Boardman made the cut. Good to see. He's with the wildlife team, um, previously with Mark Pro. Oh, wow. Uh, Travis McCabe. Yes, we talked to him. Also okay. with uh, Floyd's. Okay. He won today. Spoiler yeah, alert that. at uh, Gila. And then uh, Tyler Stites of uh, Evolo, also they're making the cut. So it looks like they got a, a decent team to maybe contend some of the harder sprint stages with McCabe. I mean, he's he's not going to win any of the pure sprint stages, but if there's something with a couple punchy hills leading into the finish and it's a slight uphill finish, he might top five. I don't know. It was interesting when that came out, and I saw some people commenting online and about uh, Justin Williams uh, and, you know, He's not gonna. He's not gonna make this race. And I'm like, uh, no, he's not gonna make the team. That was, right. that was my point. You put him on the long list. It's ten. Um, yeah, he's not gonna make that. I mean, if so, you only have him for Sacramento. And um, you know, he's national amateur road and crit champion. So I think you throw him on there for that because it's they're still aiming further out. It's not just a team for this, right? I mean, there's other events and stuff that they have this U.S. team 
to be doing. Uh, so that's kind of the long list. Uh, but yeah, no surprise. I'm McCabe. I'm, he's got tons of talent and experience. So this is a, a race that would be good for him as far as that goes. So I just, I wonder what the point of it is. If you, if you put that team together, I, I think it would have been better to have focused on like U23 guys. Give these guys a chance and expose them to this race event. It's like McCabe, he's, he's kind of been there, done that. He, what do we gain by putting him in there? He's probably not going to win a stage. Maybe he's somewhat visible by doing like a top five, but I think it would have been better to, to give it to all like U23, U25 guys. So I guess then the, the idea is uh, do, how do you qualify these people, right? Because McCabe's right. going to qualify by the fact that he gets results. Yeah. So then is it just a, I don't want to say charity, but is it a learning experience? And do you do that at the Tour of California? Because as Mike was saying, it's kind of a loophole that they've never utilized before. That You can have a national team in this race. Right. And a lot of those continent teams are not making it because they've upped the UCI level. So they've got kicked out. They're not in it. And so there's a chance. I don't know. Yeah, I know um, Australia's had this issue before, um, whether it was Tour Down Under or if it was um, their Jaco Harold Sun Tour, where their national pro champion won unexpectedly. And I think he was like 30 plus. And they're like, sorry, dude, this is U23 only. You don't get the race. Yeah, so they they actually have a cap on there. And that makes it easy, right? We're just U23. But I think it's informal rule. I don't think it's a a written in stone rule. Oh, gotcha. It's one of those, like, don't don't attack while someone's got a flat. Right. Yeah. Unwritten rule. But it'll be cool to see uh, an additional team in there. And I think, what does that start, next weekend? So, yeah, I think it's, yeah. So the, the Giro, by the way, starts a week from Saturday. Um, let's go up here and see when the tour of California, I is think it's next Sunday. We're, I, I need to respond then. Cause we're supposed to go to the, the kickoff. Yeah. And we got to, we have to RSVP for that. So we'll have to do that here coming up. Cause um, I think that's on a Saturday. This starts at the 12th. So what? yeah, Sunday is the Giro, uh, Saturday is the Giro and, uh, tour of California starts on the 12th. Okay. And then we have, but there's some events Friday or Saturday. Saturday. So we'll, we'll be going to that. Yeah. You got your questions ready? I do. Is Chris Froome going to be there? I don't think he's on the start, but oh, um, okay. what would you like? I don't know. who. Let's see if they have a start list here. No, they don't have a start list. Uh, nope. Of course not, because it's only a week out or two out. So Still got a final. I think George Bennett will be there. Kittle, Van Garderen. Nielsen? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Action Berman, they're in the team, on the on the list, are they? He doesn't race for them, though. Right. But are they on the on the list? Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking back before. Okay. He races for Lotto. You're right. right. I just wonder if he'll be the lead role since it's his home race or if it'll be Bennett since Bennett's returning champion. Uh yeah. Good good question. Who I do you think, who do you lean to? I, I actually on that one I kinda lean towards Bennett because okay. I think he's got still more grand tour experience, bigger race experience. But you and, and even last year you saw that um Nelson wasn't quite quite up to, you know, toll hook, I think beat him overall or right. close to it. Yeah. So, uh, but it'd be, it'd be interesting. So I, I was reading kind of on, on a similar line of thought, um, an article about Chris Froome and his thoughts on the tour. He's saying, you know, last year I was just so tired. I, I wasn't in a position to really contend the tour this year though. I'm coming in fresh. So is he kind of predetermining that he's going to be the guy for the team and he's, he's sticking it to, So he's not doing the Giro. Doesn't sound like it. Okay. Yeah, you know, a lot, I think last year, I mean, that's probably a good point. I, I watched this um, <clears throat> podcast interview with him. It's this um, Formula One racer from Monaco. Mm-hmm. Who, he does a podcast with famous people. And so they were talking and he was going over, uh, like, not trusting Brad Wiggins. Yeah. when they were in the Giro, in the, in the, uh, the tour because he had failed previously the year in the uh, Tour of Spain. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't sure what it, it was just really interesting. And then him talking about coming in to the tour, you know, I mean, this guy's focused and hungry. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it'll be a really, you know, what would be the most interesting is um, I, I think, you know what Chris can do and you, right. he's going to come in ready. And if he's taking time off, he's feeling he's not going to be um, tired. But it'll be interesting to see what G does in reaction to all this and how he handles it. Because winning last year and then following it up with the you know the celebrations and everything, how do you handle that? Right. And on top of that, how you know the media is going to play this up and they're going to be giving it a ton of attention. It just seems like they need to figure it out behind doors who's going to be the leader. I, I think it's really difficult to go into a race like that saying, hey, 
you know, we'll let the race shake out and see who the leader is going to be because it's, it's going to be really stressful on top of an existing stressful event to have to deal with that. So it would make sense to say, you know, Hey, we're going to support Chris. If he falters, be in a position to take on new leadership. Uh, Chris is not going to, uh, do that. And I, and the reason I say that it comes back to that interview. He was speaking specifically of that situation with Brad saying, look, I had helped him all along. Now he's failing. Um, I have to try to come back and I, I lose by 39 seconds or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, and so on the tour, I'm helping him, but I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm not ever losing any time. So you're, I know he's helping Brad, but he's, uh, he's just not going to yeah. commit and they're going to put someone else. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be tough. Um, uh, that's that's a, that's a ways out, but it was it's interesting because it came up today, right? So in the I'll be we we'll have to do a Giro preview. We'll get out of here right now. But um, Primoz Rojic, uh, kind well. of a, yeah, I'm looking for him. He's going to be doing the Giro this year, seeing how he goes because this could be Giro might be the the, the race to watch this year. A lot of guys kind of you know sometimes it alternates. Last year was fantastic. You I know you hated the outcome. So yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. All right, yeah. so Rancho will be out there Saturday, Sunday. Uh, you've signed up for how many races each day? I just I, I pre-reg for the thirty fives for for both days, and then probably day of for the P one two. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that too. Let's see how that goes. Although the P one two is like midnight or something like that. It's it's a what are they, twilight, twilight race. Yeah. Twilight without the lights. <laughs> There's some street lights out there. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Between Two Wheels podcast, as we said, uh, episode 108. As always, subscribe, share the show, uh, make some comments on there. As you know, we read some mailbags. So we appreciate that. Check out our Facebook page in our Between Two Wheels podcast YouTube channel as well. And, you know, we're glad you're on the, the road here with us. And we hope to have a good uh, rest of the season. So thank you, Chris, for coming in. Yeah, happy beer. Yep, sorry. We'll have you Kurt in here at some point. Thanks, everybody. See you.